Well, good morning to you all who are here in person and those online with Royal City Mission community. And what a beautiful day. It's a little warm out, but uh, it's a great opportunity. And I just want to say thanks, Mark, for leading us in uh, those songs that get to the heart cry of many in our society today. Today's message is not going to be unfamiliar to many of you, but it's something that I share as the Lord has been speaking to me about it. We can enter into uh, the topic of creation care or climate action uh, as, uh, as an encouragement today to kind of feel e- better equipped as a wider church that we really need to have a reputation for uh, doing something other than avoiding or denying climate action as followers of Jesus. And so I hope today we'll just continue to inspire you wherever you're at in that journey. And I I also uh, love that we're not talking about this today because it's being presented as a big news story or political debate this week. But I want you just to imagine a world where uh, we as followers of Jesus uh, are engaging in this conversation, bringing hope and light. Now in 2018, I had a chance to to visit one of uh, our denomination, the EMCC's global partners, Mibos, a Christian NGO uh, on the shores of Lake Tanganyika in Tanzania. And this is a shot that I was able to take as I got up at sunrise and uh, spent some time talking to the Lord about the people of Tanzania and the things that I was learning and processing there on that trip. And Mibos has a fish drying operation in Kigoma right there on the shores of uh, just about a block away from where this was taken. And this is the part of the world that's called the Great Lakes region of Central Africa. Did you know there was another Great Lakes region in the world? And so climate scientists, like our own Aydin Jabari, uh, whom some of you know and can put a face with a name, uh, are studying the impacts of climate change on freshwater sources like the Great Lakes region in our own country, bordering with the United States. So what's going on with Lake Tanganyika? Well, the lake temperature is warming. And this is the second deepest freshwater source on the planet. That accounts for somewhere between 11 and 16% of the world's freshwater. And along with deforestation around the lake, refugee settlements, a lot of people moving to the shoreline, overfishing, the lake's future is in question. So when fish stocks are depleted, Just think for a moment that that is also about all the people who use that as their source of food to feed their families or a source of income to provide for their needs. And all the refugees from regional conflict areas that are depending on this water source and an NGO trying to get fish to feed hungry people uh, far away from the lake. Well, Ben Lowe from Young Evangelicals for Climate Action puts the challenge this way. I can't love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, or, and strength, or my neighbor as myself, if I don't address the degradation of the planet. What would my call be, just imagine, what would your call be to the rest of the world if you lived along the shores of Lake Tanganyika? And today I just invite us to consider again creation care as a part of our calling 
as followers of Jesus, whether the planet is in crisis, which it is, or not. Our journey can actually be informed beautifully in the scriptures. And I want to give you a few examples and just go from place to place. Don't worry about writing it down, or if you want the notes, you can have the notes uh, a little bit later. But you know, we read the story building in the creation account of Genesis chapter one, and at the end of each day, God looked at what he saw, and he said, it is good. And then at the pinnacle of creation, he created man and male and female human beings in his own image, and he said they are very good. And, so, and in that declaration, it says that he gave them dominion over all that else, else that was created. And unfortunately for our, our story of human history, we've taken that word dominion, and it has become something where we see that we are not only stewards or in charge of the rest of creation to care for it, but that we've also turned it into something that can be exploited for our own gain. That somehow... Human beings are the pinnacle of creation and matter more than everything else. We forget to read Genesis 1.31, which says God saw all that he had made, all of it, and declared it all very good. And there was evening and morning. We can miss how central all of creation is to the narrative of redemption and God's purpose in the world. You know... We get to Genesis 9, most Bibles, including most of the Bibles that I have on my app or my, my shelf at home, most copies of them, call Genesis 9 God's covenant with Noah. You can reference what it says in your copy of the scriptures if you have one. Here's what the words say in Genesis 9, 8 to 11. Then God said to Noah and his sons with him, I will now establish my covenant with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, and every living creature that was with you, and all those who came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth, and I will establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And you know, uh, I spent time a couple years ago at a conference with an indigenous Canadian theologian who who looked at this and said, this is how we talk about it among indigenous Canadians, to see that this is God's uh, restoration of covenant with all creation. Of course, our human story is interwoven with all creation. And we know perhaps the familiar essence of Romans 8, which talks about creation groaning, right? I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God uh, to be revealed. For the creation was subjected fr to frustration. And it goes on and says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Creation is experiencing the effects of living in a fallen, broken world with lack and yet comes under that redemption of Jesus Christ. This is what we find in the words of Colossians 1, which will be on the screen. That the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. This is Jesus. For in Jesus all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things that have been created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. 
For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus and through Jesus, listen to this, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on heaven or things on earth, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And the picture in Revelation chapter 21 is this symbolism of a new heaven and a new earth that are joined together. In fact, a new Jerusalem is descending but it is a new heaven and a new earth. And, and the word there in Revelation 21.5 is, is actually renewed. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And the word is not new as in brand new, poof out of nowhere, but renewed. And then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. So we have every reason to be engaged in this uh, debate issue Instead, too often the church is known as being opponents to climate action or even indifferent about creation care. So how can we, as followers of Jesus, live as agents of great hope and participation in the renewal of all things? I just want to make a couple points. First, we make it a continuous part of our faith. We make it a continuous part of our faith. Lisa Sharon Harper reminds us in her book, The Very Good Gospel, she says, we were meant to be caretakers of the earth, not exploiters. There's an author that I've come to really enjoy, Wendell Berry, and he writes in the book, The Gift of Good Land, this challenge. He says, it is a contradiction to love your neighbor and despise the great inheritance in which that life depends. If we're willing to pollute the air, to harm the elegant creature known as the atmosphere, by that token, we're willing to harm all creatures that breathe, ourselves and our children among them. And so how we think about creation care really matters, that it's a natural way to live as Jesus invites us to, that caring for Jesus is caring for creation. And that's why this image is always striking. It's globally renowned as uh, a picture called the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. It's a floating island of plastics and fishing equipment that just keeps growing by leaps and bounds in the Pacific Ocean. This is taken off the shores of South America. This trash island, it's called. But let's ensure that we have this as part of our faith to be praying about it and to be talking about it and thinking about it. We can at least confess that we've made, sometimes when we've made our faith, just about people. And, and we're concerned about people's souls, but we sort of stop there in thinking about all that God has, has created and loves. And so rather than honor creation, we sometimes use or abuse it with remorse. And the reason creation care is a faith issue is that the threat to the planet are, are the heart issues underneath like with anything that we, we see in the scriptures called sin, that we're talking about human greed and apathy and pride and selfishness when we're talking about how we need to take care of the good gift of creation. We're seeking a solution to the sin problem. And the good news is that in Jesus there is a solution. So let's keep this and or make it a faith issue for us. Second, let's keep changing how we consume. This has been the part of the conviction. I'm preaching to myself here too. I, I recently took an ecological footprint test and maybe some of you have gone online and taken one of these. And I discovered that if everyone consumed on earth like me, 
And this is during COVID, by the way, when I haven't been doing flying. Some of you know that I recently had a role that took me internationally. So this is without any carbon footprint of flying anywhere. And if everyone consumed like me, we would still need 3.5 Earths. And you can do this calculator for yourself and just put in some data about how you live. It's insightful and it's convicting. And I'm sorry that I have to put that on screen and now forever on the internet. What was I thinking? But there are some simple things that we can avoid. To buy less and to think about the impact of those who are, are making the products that we're purchasing. To reject that idea of fast fashion. I know that's not, you can see that that's not important to me. But wanting new stylish clothes every quarter. This is pumped into our society. And, and we can see people getting sucked into that world. With RCM's meals, our leadership has made this conscious decision to use compostable containers. And there's an additional economic cost to purchasing those. But it's like we're going to pay the price in one way or another if we don't minimize plastics. And so it's commendable to think about the choices that we make. And to at least lament and confess that consumerism is a false god. It's not God's good news. It's a false god. We used to be known in our society as a producer society, where we all contributed to the goods and services we could use and we could fix things that we purchased. <laughs> and we moved to a consumer society. As things have shifted to consumer culture, there's become a greater protection on consumption and buying more stuff that has become the most important thing that's embedded in a capitalistic society that says your worth is what you do, what you have, how you appear, and we know that these things are just simply lies. And, and when it comes down to choices between ecosystems and resources and amounts of consumption, these continue to be a debate and defining marker of our culture. And then, of course, it was politicized, and now it's very polarized, that there are lots of people who are actually struggling with this and deny that there's any sense of, of reality with climate change. So we need to hear Jesus' direct words, and in Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount, there is a, a, a decision that needs to be made. Not to worry, that is to fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether we have clothes in our closet that are in fashion. There is far more to our life than putting food in our stomach and more to our outward appearance than the clothes that we have that hang on our body. And the scriptures invite us to look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the, in the care of God. And you can count far more that God loves you. Uh, it says, you can count far more to him than birds. Or you do count far more to him than birds. Or at least as much anyway. Look at how this passage continues on the slide. What I'm trying to do here, and this is out of the message uh, version of Matthew 6, is to get you to relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. This isn't just about money. This is about the generosity of our hearts to share all that we have in common with one another. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. They run after them. But you, but you and me, we know that both God uh, and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out on stuff. 
Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. Do we need this word? Does somebody you know need this word? Because our inner lack drives consumerism. And in fact, in one way, it is a a lack that can help us connect with God and his kingdom and to see others through the lens of that. And when I don't experience that, uh, that peace to my inner lack, I can want more and I can want to consume more and I can want what others seem to have that makes them feel better about themselves. And let's not kid ourselves, this is rooted, it's a, it's a sickness like a cancer in our society that as soon as the shopping malls and plazas have been opened, you can't find a parking spot this weekend. People are, are desperate to go out and buy stuff that they may or may not need. So let's remember that contentment, joy, and generosity come from resting in God and trusting in him. And I've appreciated help from the Jesuits who've assembled uh, what they call an ecological examine, which I commend you. One of their stages uh, in that examine is simply called understanding. That I ask for the grace uh, of the Lord Jesus to look closely at my own life and the decisions or choices that I'm making. It asks us to spend time in prayer and reflection on such questions as how can I move away from a throwaway culture? How do I use water throughout my daily life? Am I aware that my use of power in in where I live in the world can actually disempower others, another environment somewhere else? And through this I'm learning to seek first God's kingdom, his love, his heart for others and for all creation. So my conclusion is this, that today I hope you feel... um, as I have, challenged to remember that creation care is a part of our calling in this world and in this life. The time to make changes in our lives is always. It's now. To practice climate action. We cannot afford complacency and endless debate because love for God and our neighbors and the wider creation, as well as our passion for justice, compel us to this sort of urgent and prophetical way of thinking about the ecology and our responsibility to take good care of what we've been given. So just as you're reflecting on this beautiful painting that inspires hope, I have three possibilities for us today. One is just to get humble or to stay humble if you're already humble. If you're already humble, come and tell me you're humble because I'd really appreciate to know. We need to stop acting like non-creatures. That's, that's what I believe is in the scriptures, that we're a part of God's beautiful creation that he called very good. But that if we are not creatures, are we gods? No, we're creatures. Stay humble in this conversation. And also stay informed. There are lots of resources, some of which I've mentioned today, some of which may be familiar to you, that even within the World Evangelical Alliance globally, Um, and the World Council of Christian Churches, there have long been action studies, study materials to help us think this through and study the scriptures. And if you want access to those, I can pass them on or anything I've mentioned today. Another article I'd like to mention is called Addicted to Oil by Don Stover. It's a beautiful article because it takes the world of therapy and addiction, and some of us know what it's like to be ourselves struggling with addiction or walking with others who do so, And just substitute whatever thing that is addicted with addiction to oil. And that's what she's done in writing an article to help us understand our dependence on fossil fuels and how much we defend that rather than deal with it. 
So third, not just get or stay humble, stay informed, but stay talking. I would encourage you to talk to God about this and to talk with others about it. What's one thing that you could imagine doing differently in your life today uh, as a result of hearing these things? What is the greatest challenge for you as you think about making those changes? And for me, as a, a Christian minister, uh, as a pastor, there's this call to moral leadership that's been stirring in me. And this is my first sermon that I ever preached about climate action. And I, I think about how God is begin, beginning to shape me. The following Jesus now involves for me a growing biblically informed creation care. And seeing the connection of people and land as a part of God's design. And so it's intertwined with our repentance for wrong treatment of indigenous peoples here in Canada as we think of how connected they are to the land. But the Spirit has been just saying to me, let's learn how to walk well together in the land. And it's indeed been a journey of mine to depend on the Spirit. So here's where we finish. Don't despair. It can feel overwhelming, right? Don't despair. When you face this crisis, God is on our side and caring about all that he has made. We can all lead more hopeful and faithful lives, knowing where God's heart is and how we can represent it, continue to repent and adjust in our lives. Jim Antal, who wrote a book called Climate Church, Climate World, says it this way, we really do have some power to bend the moral arc of the universe toward justice. Meaning that in this conversation, God can use you God can use me, and it could be as simple as just taking care of the, the space around us, the public spaces in our community, to love uh, this good earth that God has given to us and entrusted us to steward. So let's develop our action around climate justice as members of the global church who are called to love our global neighbors and their environments and our own as well. Let's do this as we continue to live for the glory of God. And if there's questions that you have and you're online today, I just encourage you to put those in the chat as we continue to uh, walk this out as a community, uh, following Jesus and seeking to make a difference in the world. So, Mark, am I inviting you back up to close? May I just close in a word of prayer and then we'll release you to your conversations. God, we thank you that you are the Lord of all creation, of heaven and earth. Thank you for the, the gift that you've given us in the story of scriptures from beginning to end, that what started in the garden will finish in a, a new heaven and new earth with trees lining the, the river that flows for the justice of the nations. Thank you, Lord, for calling attention to these things in our own hearts and lives and for helping us to be engaged in this out in the real world. And so, Lord, uh, we pray today that you would use us as we ponder staying humble and informed and staying talking with you and one another about it and continuing to live as good stewards of all that you've entrusted to us. Thank you for going before us today. May we think of nothing but of your kingdom and how to participate in it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.